Ah, there you are. There you are. Okay, okay. It works. Such a, such a, such an honor uh, to have you here on this show, Story of Haru. Um, I'm super excited. I'm super excited about this this conversation because you've been one of the biggest inspirations in my personal health journey, in my raw journey, um, and. Um, Yeah, I'm really, really excited about the knowledge and the wisdom that you're about to share. But I understand that some people who are listening to this podcast might not know who you are. So I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself properly. Who are you? Okay. Well, well, thank you for having me. And a uh, great day to everyone. It's, uh, it's quite a pleasure to be here sharing with you. I am presently in the uh, Cayman Islands. Uh, born in Panama 72 years ago, and uh, I'm, I'm in, in, in the joy of a 73-day uh, juice feast. <laughs> so I've been feasting on juices for the past 60 days now today, feasting on juices, drinking a gallon of fresh-made fruit, vegetable juices, and coconut water. And this is... Uh, mm -hmm in celebration of my 73rd birthday coming up July 24th. So that's the day I'm supposed to break this juice feast. But who knows, mm -hmm. you know, I'm enjoying it so well that who knows what, what can happen from here forward, you know. But, you know, it is something that I've been doing now based on my life journey, mm -hmm. which, is, uh, you know, started in Panama And I've uh, been around the world uh, with this journey, having developed or originated uh, the sun-fired cuisine. Mm -hmm. Fired cuisine arts is uh, based on the fact that our food that was intended for human consumption since, you know, the origin of times... <laughs> is foods that are actually cooked by the sun. So I don't know where we went along and uh, went astray and missed the point, missed the fact that the sun is... The master the chef. It's, it's the chef, the only chef. <laughs> exactly. There's no need for any other chef on the planet. The sun just scorches that right away. So our food that was intended for our consumption, which is plant food, and mm -hmm. please, uh, I have omitted the word base yes. out of my vocabulary. Yes. My, my food is not based on plant-based. Mm -hmm. My food plant. is plant food, period. Yes. Put that word base in there, then splicing of animal genes, chemicals, or whatever else. <laughs> comes in the play on top of that base. So my food is not a base for anything of corruption, of perversion, or anything like that that's going to threaten my health. Mm -hmm. So as a uh, crusader mm -hmm. in this jungle of life, yeah. <laughs> you know, getting us back in touch with the original natural and best food for human consumption, practicalizing it myself now for 51 years and 51 taking years. it 
level where I'm totally connected with the sun with it for 44 years of not consuming any food cooked in any other way or actually wow. uncooked. Because when we do that so-called act of cooking, yeah. that culinary, you know, modern modernity, we're actually uncooking the food. We're killing it. We're destroying the sun out of the food. We're cooking the sun out of the food, but not only the sun, the oxygen. Mm. Not the oxygen and the sun, but also the moisture, <laughs> the live stream, the electrical force, the vibration, mm -hmm. the nutrients, macronutrients, micronutrients, you name it. And mm -hmm. then here we go, trying to consume food, less foods. We really must be fools. Hey, wake up. It's the time to come back home. Check with the Oxford Encyclopedia of Food and Drink. They have acclaimed me as the father of ethical gourmet ra food cuisine. Because it's not about raw food whatsoever. That's an insult. That's a debasement of our food. Mm -hmm. The growing period is the cooking process. So from the time my banana tree blossoms, the pot is on. And yes. it's a very meticulous, very careful, very exacting process mm -hmm. that within a year, <laughs> my pot is ready. My food is ready. And here comes the birds. They're coming home to eat and letting us know, hey, <laughs> well done. Ripe, ready, perfect fruition. Mm -hmm. Where we're not talking just fruits, we're talking vegetables, we're talking anything that's edible that was designed for human consumption. So here I am today, living the life, loving the life, no disease, because you know you really don't have to be sick. Come on now, True. wake up. True. Come on home. It's 2020 now. All of those things are coming through, bombarding, invading our lives constantly. Mm -hmm. So, keeping the system clear and free so I have no food for whoever comes to dinner looking for food in my system that is based on uh, an environment of unfriendly bacteria. Clean and ready. Here we go, loving it. <laughs> wow, wow, quite, that's quite an introduction. Um, already <laughs> dropping, already dropping the gems. Um, but I want, to, I want to dive into and my first question actually based on this entire plant-based myth or plant myth, because I know that you have a linguistic background and um, that's why I, I am very, very careful with the, like I, I'm, I'm meticulously listening to the words that you use because the words that you use or that we use frame our reality. And um, I once, I once heard on a on a show called uh, Pot Lounge, another podcast uh, from my friend Ryan, that you um, that that blew actually my mind. That was that the, the difference between veganism and vegetarianism, and I think that's a quite important distinguishment. Could you elaborate on that? Uh, the, the difference between, you said Edenism? No, vegan, veganism oh. and vegetarianism. Veganism and vegetarianism. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, maybe they should have called it the thing Edenism or something. 
you know. But but vegan <laughs> sounds like a curse word to me, you know. Yeah. Basically, well, vegetarianism, we know the roots of that word. We know we are speaking the English language, you know, the Queen's lingo. And, you know, them people, them try to be correct, you know. So, so vegetarianism is based on foods that vegetate. Mm -hmm. Vegetable kingdom, okay. Human beings, we are definitely not creatures that are related to carnivores, herbivores, omnivores, animals that go in a certain direction based on their anatomical structure, their body chemistry, so forth and so on. Vegetarianism, as I see it, mm -hmm. is plant food, period. Plant food, period. Okay, when business got involved, <laughs> big business got involved in this whole thing, you know, there's been a derailment. There's a sidetrack. There's been a mm -hmm. veering of the course because our food basket got hijacked, you know, by the bankers, period, yeah. okay? And anybody else who associate themselves with the bankers trying to make money off of things that are our natural birthright. We were born in lush, tropical vegetation, mm -hmm. you know, rainforest, our food everywhere, anywhere we go, okay? Civilization and all of these things, advance, move on, backtrack, whatever they did, <laughs> they, uh, they took that concept and bringing it now into the modern era whereby uh, here comes this issue about well, yes, animals are under attack. Mm -hmm. Animals are under attack all over the planet. You know, we've been using them as, as shields, bodyguards, pets, all kinds of stuff. Then we got into using them as food, especially since the advent of fire. Mm. Because prior to the advent of the use of fire, hey, let me see you go, go grab a chicken, <laughs> okay? <laughs> or any bird for that matter, you know, yeah. naturally. Let me see you go snatch a fish out of the sea, okay? And just grab it and eat it just like other creatures that consume those types of foods. No, just that way, without frying it, roasting it, baking, jerking, you name it, barbecue or whatever, wow. you know? And, and you can put it to the test today. If you really think you're a meat eater, especially those chickens that you think you love, grab one of those pale birds and even dunk it in a pot of boiling water just the way it is, de-feathered or whatever, and then try to eat that thing. No seasoning, no spice, no, no salt, no grease, nothing. Tell me if you like chicken, all right? So what they did, they smothered it. They disguised it. They put all kinds of, you know, dressing all over it, mm -hmm. crunching it or whatever they did, and there you go. Wow, you love it. It's the same blank, pale bird that you tried to eat, just boil, just like that. Come on, 
Let's wake up. Let's come on home. So this whole thing now of the concept of veganism. Yeah. <laughs> that was coined in 1942 by an Englishman, very prominent in the vegetarian movement of the mm -hmm. time. And uh, he wanted to dis differentiate between vegetarians who are now animal rights defenders of the life of animals. So a vegan supposedly supposed to be someone who do not, not only just don't eat animal flesh, but any mm -hmm. part of the animal, no pus in, in the way of milk and no, no cheesy stuff, no uh, abortion or aborted eggs, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, chick that that was supposed to be that you ate the egg just like that. So mm -hmm. all of that off the table. But besides that, no one who uses leather, no mink coats, no fur, no latest, greatest, you know, this and that, bags and all of these types of things. No one who deals with animals that's been mistreated, that's been used in experiments, you know, on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So if it's been diluted today, become fashionable, and it's like, I'm not eating any part of the animal. I'm a vegan. But mm -hmm. then here you go with your, your big leather shoes and all of these other things going on, your leather bag and all of these things, you know, which is probably worse than eating the animal, any part of the animal, <laughs> you know. That's true. That's true. So anyway, I do not subscribe to that terminology veganism i think actually they should have named the other people vegan and leave us as vegetarians yeah those, <laughs> yeah those that eat animal stuff yeah call it vegan because look at what they even did with the word vegetarian you know they have even included the subgroup calling them lacto ovo vegetarian i don't know lacto ovo vegetarian Either you're pregnant or you're not. <laughs> you're vegetarian or you're not a lacto ovo vegetarian. So if you want to do that and you accept that, then every damn body in the planet is a vegetarian if they're eating even just an apple. You know, because I know I know many many pork eaters. You know, I know many pork eaters who slap their greens with with with, with their chitlins. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, so let's call them pork vegetarians, you know. So Man. come on, you know. Uh, Time you know, to come home. Linguistics and linguistics languages, you know, marketing they call it, mm. you know, marketing or whatever. But yeah, we got to come home. You don't. You have no choice. Yeah, All true. of that sidetracking and deviation and going around the world to come back because it's making you sick. You know, payback is, is deep. Karma is, is real. That's you know, true. those same animals that you cause their death. Mm, <laughs> you know, even if you're not eating them, if you're just flashing them, you know, you mm -hmm. cause their death. They're going to kill you as well. But fortunately, your death is slow. It's not as swift and fast as this. So you suffer in the process. Arthritis, diabetes, cancer. All of these things associated with you being corrupt, brutalizing, you know, greedy, you know, 
follow fashion or whatever you call yourself trying to do keeping up with 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 the 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 latest greatest and now here you go i mean look at how, how low can you get in life eating slut slutty mm. burger <laughs> and then then they call some of the damn thing beyond me yes it's beyond me you're really regressing you're going yeah. back up yeah back yeah. <laughs> That's true, really yeah. Okay, so let's come back to the original, the meaning of the word meat. The original meaning of the word meat, please, is food. Mm -hmm. Food. You know, so it's That's not true. about animal flesh. It's not about any foreign elements coming into our body, invading it, attacking it, and really just destroying it. So mm -hmm. you had a major wake-up call within this year already. Already. So you can... You got the rest of this year to clean up your mess. <laughs> uh, look, the age of Aquarius, the dawning of the age of Aquarius is, is just ended. This mm -hmm. is your slip year. Mm -hmm. So you, next year, you're going to be sicker than ever. New disease, all of these things is going to be in vogue. You see this one that, that, that they're flashing at you right now. Be careful. Wake up. You know, wake up. We got the cross. We at the crossroads. So, bye. Bye to everyone See? who's not ruling. Yeah, yeah. Bye. That's it. Bye. You know, living dead. Hey, go ahead. Mm, yeah. <laughs> See you. Wow. No. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's, that's that's already that's already like th that was for me a game changer because that's why I understood because I'm I'm quite interested into history and whenever I read that people were vegetarians, I assumed the ovo lacto vegetarian. After I, listened, after I listened to this talk on my friend's podcast called Pod Lounge, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on? Because like, I have Ethiopian friends, I've traveled to Ethiopia, the monks are vegetarians, and I was like, but they're not consuming you know, milk and stuff, so how are they vegetarians, or why do you call it vegetarian? And then you look at other societies, and it was always this scheme, and it's that the Western mind rebranded as you said it's marketing rebranded these words veganism and vegetarianism but um let's move on to the um to my next question and that is your journey because ultimately that's what people love to hear a story and and your experiences on transitioning to a uh plant life and um you said that you were uh that you're consuming only plants for 51 years and uh, uh, raw cooked uh, plants for 44, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, so, sun-fired so sun raw foods. Uh, when did that, yeah. like, how did, first of all, how did that start? And second well, of all, when? Like, like why? Okay, well, I, 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 I was in the belly of the beast, you know, Ooh. deep down in it. In, in in New York. Oh, it, wow. <laughs> Headquarters of Babylon. <laughs> you know, right up front, close, center stage in the revolution. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the age of the revolution, the 60s, mm. college USA, suburban New York, ghetto kid out mm -hmm. there, out of the hood, going to school, looking into the, to the miseducation fortune, you know, <laughs> fortune wheel, trying to see where I land in it. Mm -hmm. And of course, 
we're talking black power movement. Uh-huh. Power movement. Yes. The hippie power movement. Peace. <laughs> okay. Vietnam War movement. Hell no. We won't go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This, this was the trigger right here. Defending my life. Protecting my being as a human. You know, and our revolution in my posse, in my corner of the, of the, of the hook was about food. Because coming out of the hood, coming out of Bed-Stuy, coming out of that place and seeing the types of food that were available to us mm-hmm. on the block, around the corner, you know, basically slave food, degenerated, rejected food. You know, stuff that was not qualifiable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uptown in the gourmet marketplace. And of course, I'm, I'm in Queens, Bayside, New York, uptown in the gourmet marketplace and see the difference. I said, wait a minute, those apples are not the same apples I get down in my hood. So I read a book, Food as a Weapon. Mm, written by a conscious sister, Lena Mobley, out of Washington. These, these, a little booklet. You know, mm-hmm. you know how we run the grapevine in our yeah. zone. A certain thing, self-publishing, even back then, was happening. And I read that book. I said, oh, man, deep. You know, a lot of this stuff is weapon, all this sugared stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even looking in, 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 in the college cafeteria, you know, eating there and looking at, you know, every time I ate there, I'm gassed up. You know, getting, you know, heart pains and all kinds of stuff, mucus forming and all things. So wait a minute, this is not right. So that's when I embarked on, you know, back to the land, you know, (laughs) trails and the footsteps of the hippies and also the footsteps of the black liberation movement where we had independent black schools in the inner city teaching. Vegetarian 101. (laughs) And I tell you, my big textbook at that time was a book called From Plan to Planet. Look it up. It's still on the planet, uh, on the planet today. (laughs) From Plan to Planet, from uh, an author by the name of Haki Madabuti, or better known as Don L. Lee, who was known as a poet back then, had. A, 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 a publishing company out of Chicago, you know, yes, publishing conscious black books. And mm-hmm. this one, from Plan to Planet, outlined, you know, a strategy of how black folks will liberate ourselves consciously, you know, and but we need to move from planning stage and get to the planetary stage. And one of the most key, crucial things we need to consider was what we eat. Mm. And, the big thing that was highlighted right in front of your face is the white foods, white sugar, white salt, white sugar, white, white flour, all yeah. of these blank, empty, foodless food, that these are mutants, okay? That we, yeah, that we need to, that, that, they're empty, and we need to, re, you know. So that, taking Vegetarian 101 at the Uhuru Sasa Co-op, a food co-op in the ghetto 
by an independent black school that, that had this working, had vegetarian restaurant, volunteering in the co-op and working and doing this and learning. You know, we're talking at, at the age of, of, uh, of 20. Yeah, that was 1967. I was 20 getting this information in the, in, in the concrete jungle. You know, mm -hmm. stuff that was like, wait, yo, hey, man. But then it took me back to my roots, to my mm -hmm. origin in Panama, the Panama mm -hmm. Canal Road. That's where I grew up. That's where I was born, in the bush, <laughs> in the bush, in an apartheid situation. The mm -hmm. Panama Canal Zone of territory leased by the U.S., to, to set up the Panama Canal after they gangster that 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 land from coast from Colombia, engineered it anyway. That's a whole nother another chapter, you know. <laughs> that's true, yeah. But but yes, living there, my grandfather migrated from Jamaica, Barbados, the other side of my roots, went there to build the canal, uh -huh. labor on uh -huh. the canal, no paid, digging that canal out with picks and shovels. Yes. Yes, they call them the, the diggers. Watch mm -hmm. that documentary as to who built that canal and, 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 and see where, where the benefits of it is today. How we've been left out of the deal, like we've been left out with many deals that we have built around the world. You know, Panama has one of the worst ghettos in the mm -hmm. world, you know, next to big skyscrapers. And who is in those ghettos? Who don't own anything? barely even a push cart in that place after building, you know, what was called at the time the eighth wonder of the world, you know, the Panama Canal. And now we're, we're, we're broke. But anyway, I was only born there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they sold the passport. So because I, I, I'm from a, a journeying family. We've been migrant workers for centuries, and not only migrant workers, but migrant conquerors, you know, mm -hmm. the more you know, the, the big empires that we have been journeying, you know, from the time we migrated from Ethiopia thousands of years ago, and I'm still on the journey, I'm still on the footstep, and I'm still carrying on my roots, because a lot of what I am expounding on today is based on the teachings that I got at home, you know, mm -hmm. so it might, I would call a griot, or oral historian, you know, mm -hmm. bringing stuff that my great-grandfather slapped on me at a tender age when I was in elementary school, but bringing it to this level. But being in that area, in the Panama Canal, in the U.S. territory, uh, watching the white workers living in, in the Gold Coast, <laughs> and mm -hmm. we, down, we down in Silver City, you mm -hmm. know, our, our people were paid in, in, in gold and silver back then. My grandparents were paid in silver. So when we went to the commissary, there was two, two gates to enter, one gold and one silver. So if you don't, don't get paid in gold, you don't go through that gate. So, you know, what they wow. call it, apartheid or whatever, yeah. or in another man's land. So you don't use colors and whites here and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So blessed, unfortunate that we didn't have what it takes to eat, you know, high on the hog, <laughs> the mm. steak. And all of these things, you know, and all we had was 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 icebox. So we could not, you know, embalm or or hold over bad food that would rotten meat and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. even back then when we were eating, you know, certain foods that were not wholesome for me, 
you know, we, it would be fresh catch, fresh catch fish, fresh mm -hmm. slaughtered that we did right there in our chicken coop. You know, none of these freak artificial birds that they, they, they selling people today, calling them chicken and all of these things. But so it was a deep consciousness, a deep mm -hmm. revolutionary step to defend my life through food. So it wasn't about defending animals, protecting mm. species around the world, the bald eagle or the zebra, nothing like that. Who is more or who has been more endangered on this planet for hundreds of years than the black male? You know, True. the you know, been enslaved, the been castigated, been, yeah. been put on a level that we weren't even humans, a very yeah. endangered species. So True. to defend this, <laughs> This black ball head that I was living in with my Afro at the time, you know, we got into the vegetarian culture. We decided not to kill ourselves and shoot ourselves in the mouth with food. Since we weren't going to Vietnam and fight those those brothers and sisters over there for their rice patties. <laughs> so mm. to see going to be the rice, the, the rice bankers of the world. Okay. <laughs> So same thing in our hood, we're going to defend and protect ourselves. So that was what it was all about. So in defending and protecting my life as an endangered species, automatically the birds, the chickens, the fish, they don't have to worry about me. So we exactly. automatically take care of them, you know, because we're not going to attack them. We don't even use them as pets. Please. True. Okay. True. That, that's enslavement. That's a whole nother something here. Sleeping with them in in your bed and kissing on, <laughs> on them. Yes, yes. I love to see them in the forest. I love to see them in their natural habitat. That's how I grew up with them. And if mm. they if they come into the house, we just clap them out and they're gone. Okay. Yeah. But they go under the stone around the corner, and we work in harmony with each other and also with the plants. You know. That's we true. See them moving in the morning, coming back in the afternoon, all of these things. So this is it, you know. That's, that's, that's protecting, a... my life, protecting my life and being on this level and keeping the revolution going on because even today it's still about the revolution even though it's being televised. <laughs> <laughs> it's, being, it's still the revolution, okay? True. True. So thank you, Bill Scott Heron. The revolution is now being televised my brother thank you back then it was not being televised so you know we had to deal with it on our level and we dealt with it in the hood on a very progressive level that is now even impacting the world because my teachings have been all over the world let me true. tell you true and it's coming back home because i'm seeing third generation, even fourth generations now <laughs> that have been born into this vegetarian culture and they don't want to hear nothing else. Hence, sure. that's why we're thinking right now today, right through this, yes. because the young hipsters, they have bypassed a whole bunch of that stuff. A lot of them were born into it. Uh, we talking raw food, fruitarianism. Mm -hmm. Hey, teach me. I'm here to learn from you as well. <laughs> <laughs> wow 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 that's such a uh accurate uh, uh summary of your journey because ultimately when we think about it um this entire system the reason why we need to have the revolution is that people are not minding their business 
And hmm. you taking power back and minding your business automatically gives freedom to everybody else, right? And that's, that's, that's exactly what we need. Everybody needs to mind their business and care for themselves first. And once, once you are or we are at our 100 and we take power back to us, everything around us will reharmonize itself. That's what nature does. We don't have to care about this, isn't it? That's right. That's right. You know, and that, that's one of the beauty of, you know, being brought up in a multicultural environment. That's, when I, mm. that's why I'm so blessed to be born in a place like Panama. They call it the crossroads to the world, you know, the bridge of the universe, because mm -hmm. the cultures, the ethnicities that are present there, but not only in Panama, look, that whole stretch yeah. between Panama, Colombia, Venezuela, Guyana, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Most concentrated multicultural basin of the world. Forget the US is no melting pot. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it, it melt it melts your life. It melts yeah. your spirit, you know, drains it and yeah. feed a program into you that is totally destructive. So I'm glad I migrated from there 20 years ago. I had 36 years growing up in that learning environment. That is a mm. learning environment. And in the most crucial years, you know, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, by 2000, I was out of here, man, 20 years ago. <laughs> you did the right thing. You did the right thing. I claim my, my total freedom, but I yes. still, you know, I, I still owe a lot to my people there, my community, the Harlem community where Sunfired Food originated in the midst of the ghetto, in the gully, in the pits, amongst the heroines addicts mm. and all other stuff where Harlem was a no man's world back then. And then... Here came the colonizer, the big Bill Clinton set up his home in Harlem, and the whole place got regentrified ever since then. But bless, bless whatever is going on throughout the world, eternity, eternally. We can't turn back the clock, but I'm keeping it moving forward and real mm. fast. No time to lay and linger and, 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 and argue over spilled milk. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> left on the planet here okay so grab your corner tuck in <laughs> tuck in tuck in exactly exactly um I'm, I'm happy that you mentioned gentrification because just that just made me think of the, the topic that we had in the beginning with vegetarianism and veganism the term veganism itself is has been gentrified uh, so vegetarianism has been gentrified by get, like you said it 1942 um, 1942, this white guy rebranded it, made it appear that he invented veganism, right? Which literally <laughs> is the definition of gentrification. So we need to return to our roots and understand where all these concepts and ideas come from. And that's, that's not in Europe, right? And that's another part, which is history. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's true. I myself, I myself, you might not know that, but the people from my page know that I'm quite big into, into history. And I, one part of my personal journey was understanding how whitewashed and photoshopped the European version of history is, how much is left out, how much is uh, absolutely wrong and false. And that re-education process helped me to reharmonize my 
uh, relationship with nature and the indigenous and original people from this world. And that's why, that's what this revolution is about, ultimately. And it's yes. against these, somebody in the comments said, um, when you mentioned, you know, white sugar, white, um, white flour are the toxins, it's quite ironic that these foods are causing the, the, the diseases because that's another disease which we deal with, which is the system that we live in. So I don't want to dive too deep into that because obviously that's something which is the most important part. That's, um, that's the revolution. I want to ask you another question, which is a little bit far off this topic. And that is your um, definition of food addiction right and the elimination process there is one viral video of you where you explain um that we need to go through the elimination process and i myself am a fasting coach so i fast a lot uh, i fast on on distilled water if i can i i want to get raw coconut water but i live in germany so that's kind of difficult however therefore uh, therefore distilled water is my choice so i know what this elimination process is or why we need to face this but could you elaborate on that because i think that your take and your wording is just so unique yeah well you know for me actually that was the the, the starting point of my journey oh wow okay okay <laughs> 1969 okay. you know going into the health food stores trying to find little stuff to put together my trail mix because that was the hip thing on the college campus back then you know <laughs> and, 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 and sandals you know and our dashiki everybody got their little bag of trail mix you know want to be mm. vegetarians you know so I, I wasn't hip on what was going on with the trail mix the standard trail mix that pineapple with sugar and all of this mm. other stuff offered mm -hmm. raisins so I go to the health food store to find the clean stuff where they do these things. And I buck up on the book section and, you know, yeah, young college mind, you know, hungry for knowledge. I browse through certain books. And the one that hit me was Paul Bragg's Scientific Fasting. I'm like, man, if all this stuff is true, I got to fast. And that's the first thing I did before I changed anything. I did this Paul Bragg Scientific Fasting, fasting once a week, 36 hours, on distilled water, because that was all it was back then. Because yeah. you know, it's all based on 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 what we call the uh, natural hygiene system of, of healing. Natural hygiene had sanitariums all over the U.S. Where you came there sick, they'll put you on a fast distilled water mm. to you, and that's it. <laughs> you stop eating, they dry you out, detox you, cleanse, eliminate. So the big thing. So anyway, that fast has evolved over the years, you know, because, you know, I moved from distilled water to orange juice, living in, in, in California and Florida, and then mm -hmm. other fruit juices and stuff like that. But now it has come back in modern times to me, it's been coconut water. Mm -hmm. So I still do that. Fasting once a week, 36 hours. I do it on Saturdays, shut my system down, 8 p.m. Friday after my last meal, which generally is by 6 p.m., two hours to get it empty, the, 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 moving on out of the stomach, 8 p.m., going to sleep, eight hours of sleeping, fasting normally every night for eight hours, bridging that two nights of fasting, Friday night and Saturday night with all day Saturday, those 20 hours of being awake, 
drinking a gallon of distilled water, <laughs> okay? Mm. Then fruit produces coconut water after a while. And then adding to that, uh, that weekly fast, because, you know, again, the daily fast is automatic. All of us been doing it with professionals for life. Fast every night, eight hours, don't have a choice. Built-in safety valve, lay on our back, stop eating, shut it down, period. Just living on the breath. Then I added my lunar fast. Twice a month on the new moon, full moon, another 36 hours. Because, you know, yes. the, the moon affects the movement of water everywhere on the planet, even yes. inside our body. So the ebb yes. and flow are moving with it. So on these two days of, of the month, you know, I just run as much water, flood it through my system, clean out, flush out, keep it moving. So you're getting to a deeper level of, of elimination from mm -hmm. the week. The same way from the daily basis, you get to a superficial level of elimination uh, when you drop out the next morning and you do your break fast, mm -hmm. eight hours eliminating the trash bin so after the, the the 36 hours feasting on fruits you know electrical food to push stuff out of the system that's the break fast and also after the lunar fast the same thing then i added to that my seasonal fast on the solstice and equinox mm -hmm. three four times a year june september December, March, the 20th to the 22nd, the change of these seasons, the pivot time, just like grandma used to do back then. She used to give me senna and castor oil. I kept up that, that cleaning <laughs> tradition, you know, the fall cleaning tradition when you go back to school, the yeah. same thing, getting the body winterized in New York, you know, where you, you, you slow down on the heavy liquids and the fruits and you eat more dense food, more building food, more magnetic foods, the mm -hmm. structural foods, the starches, the protein, and things like that, lower in moisture. And then, of course, in the summer, where I am just swimming in watermelon, you know, yeah, drinking, <laughs> drink, drink eating watermelon. You know, yeah, I, like making a smoothie out of it. Yeah, you don't even have to juice it or nothing. You just eat it and you're drinking, you know, and other fruits. So this is the rhythm working in seasonality. So with that, we're talking 88 days of fasting on a yearly basis. Rhythmically. Yes. Rhythm, yes. Everything in the universe comes in rhythm. You know, so you yes, open up day, Ab week. And flow, the tide. Yes, and yes, yes. That rhythm and the body develops that rhythm. So after a while, you're totally clean. There's no waste. <coughs> Gets escape into your body. Wow, I'm I'm trying to look for my juice. Let me grab my juice while yes, I yes, keep yes. talking here. Actually, I'm gonna grab my uh, my hydrator. Yeah, let me grab my hydrator here. Uh, it's going to be coconut. But you know what? You know what? You mentioned the uh, cyclical uh, uh, fasting. And, yeah, I'm listening. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. You mentioned the, the cyclical fasting. And that's actually for everyone, everyone who knows me. I fast the same way. Every solar event and every lunar event is when I fast. Yes. And that means that in every new moon, I fast. Every full moon, I fast. And I'm very sensitive to my environment, and I feel a difference between a new moon fast and a full moon fast. New moon, full moon fasts are more emotional, so you're more, I'm, I personally am more sensitive to my environment. 
Whereas the new moon fast is more rational because the water is just gone. So it's like ebb, ebb and flow. Sometimes the water is there, sometimes it's not. But with water fasting or coconut water fasting, um, I'm getting more, I'm getting ready. I'm, get, I'm eliminating stuff. And then, of course, there are the lunar, uh, the solar events, as you mentioned, equinoxes and, and solstices. Why I tend to fast as well. And usually it's the spring, uh, spring equinox where I do my oh, prolonged fast. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a deep one. We exactly. crack up in the winter. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. You know, you're trying to insulate the body. So you got tons of stuff. And that's why traditionally in deep spiritual cultures, mm -hmm. you know, they had, you, you hear about, yo, hey, so-and-so fasted 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> Lent, for example. Lent, for example, isn't it? And every year, I mean, you talk deep cleansing from, mm -hmm. from from the end of Mardi Gras or Carnival, <laughs> right up to, to, to the <laughs> east. They call it Easter, but it's the time back in the east when you break the fast that you mm -hmm. go to forty days and forty nights, qualifying that, you know. So that's what it's really all about. So what I've done now. I have added another layer of deeper cleansing. As you age, as you mature, actually, the body tends to have sedimentation settle in it over mm. the years. That's why Alzheimer's and all of these so-called aging diseases start kicking in. So okay. I think it's, it's when I turned, I think it was about six, 70, 67 yeah, so I'm turning, so six years ago, I started my annual life fast. <laughs> yeah, so What's fast that? in accordance to my birth age. Ooh, okay. So that's why this year I'm fasting 73 days. I started around uh, mid-May. Oh, <laughs> that's where it originated. So these 73 days leading up to my 73rd birthday. <laughs> Now it makes sense. Profound cleansing. It's like uh -huh. going back in the, in, in the womb. <laughs> I'm rebirthing. I am actually rebirthing. So yes. every year I extend it another day. So, you know, and at the rate I'm going, I, 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 someday I might be fasting 365 days, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe even the entire year. <laughs> 365 days. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you, are, you, you heard in certain legends or scriptures or, or manifestations that so-and-so begat their firstborn at the age of 300 and something, 400 and something. So exactly. that's a whole other chapter as well. That we <laughs> I've seen, I've seen, because I live in Germany, that's the, the favorite story of my granddad. He migrated from uh, Georgia, Turkey. So the, the Asian Georgia, not the Georgia in the US, the Georgia where I'm originally from in Turkey yes. to Germany to work. And there was this newspaper article where a guy uh, who, was, who lived in Kazakhstan or something, claimed that he's 256 years old. Yes. I have, I have the newspaper article. And I mean, that's, 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 that's logical, isn't it? The, the so-called Greeks called themselves uh, Eternals because they lived a long time. They learned from, the, yeah. from Kemet, from Egypt, who are True. very old. 
right? Yeah. And, yes. and, and just, because, just because we can't see it right now doesn't mean that it's impossible. I see people like you. I, saw, I see a picture where you climb on the tree and you're, <laughs> you're 73 years old. Young, sorry, oh, you're I'm 73 a, years I'm young. Exactly. I'm climbing my tree, climbing exactly. my mango. A hundred feet up into the air, yeah. walking up the tree at my age. Please. Please. <laughs> you know, but this is it. Exactly. So, Electrical food. So stop avoiding or postponing the elimination mm -hmm. confrontation. Mm -hmm. It happens every morning when you wake up. It happens every week when you go deep in, into the pot. It happens every month, every three months. It happens every year. So we got to eliminate. So the big key is stop, number one, putting in garbage in your body. So you have less to eliminate. That's step number because one. The less garbage the body has to wade through to eliminate, the more it can supply its vital force mm -hmm. to healing, mm -hmm. to rejuvenating and even regenerating from the stem cells that we still have that are very hard to defeat. You know, very, very hard to defeat. So, it, look, on average, it takes about seven years to build a brand new body. So claim yours, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get the cesspool out. But first, stop putting any more in. Mm -hmm. The second is to get out what's in there and the third line is to build brand new cells and you'll be amazing to see how certain cells start to regenerate on a level that you never thought was possible before so disease cannot live in that environment the body tortures us out completely the body is totally self-healing heal mm -hmm. thyself real let it be Allow it to do its thing. Stop invading it, attacking it, destroying it, and giving it this type of work to do in modernity that we call, you know, gastronomy. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Full of gas. That's what that, that anomie is all about. <laughs> it's <full of laughs> and you are not a gas tank. You are an air tank. Okay. <laughs> So you need that capacity, that air capacity, absorbing that clean air. And look, you come from a blessed area. You know, Turkey, up in that area, we're talking, uh, you know, what is that? The, the, the Himalayas up in there. Uh, that's that's uh, quite, the a little, a little far. Yes, the, yes. The Hansas. Yeah. yeah, the Hansa land. Centenarians, more than most other places in the world. And you see the, the food forest that comes out of there. I mean, I love going to, to Turkish grocery stores. Man, it's like 40 varieties of olives. Like, man, where do these olives come yeah. from? <laughs> Turkish <laughs> olives, Turkish and Greek olives are the best. Like, we have, like, literally 40 different. Then, when it comes to watermelons, we have big organic watermelons. That's incredible. Ju juiciest, yeah. sweetest watermelons I've ever tasted. And I've been to quite some places. It's just like, you have, like, 30, 35 pound watermelons, fully grown organic in your own garden. And you're like, wait a minute, this, this doesn't look real. This looks GMO or something, but it's just <laughs> like the best seeded watermelon that you can ever, ever consume. That's but, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So we have to shop the world, you know, True. True. we have to shop the world, you know, we got to get up. We got to get out. We got to move. Mm -hmm. 
is ours. We've been cornered. And look at this, this last cornering this year. They're like serious, man. You know, so we got to get up and move. We got to bridge our hands together, you know, and, and, and let's reclaim it. But we're doing it, no doubt. You know, because a lot, a lot of these governments are, are, are being restructured. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing, you know, new generations are coming up with a whole different agenda in governing. <laughs> you know, true. Yeah. True. So we're going through some labor pains. We're going through a transition. It may take us a few generations, but we're, we're on our way. We're on our way. You know, uh, forget the promise. We don't need a promised land. We need to, you know, live on our land the way it was intended to be, period. And that is the entire planet forming food forests all over the world. You know, yes, there's some modernity that works. So let's hold on. Let's use it accordingly for all our growth, all our advancement. But hey, I don't have to even preach on that. It is, it is it's happening organically. We, we don't have a choice. That's this true. So we That's see true. what happens when we corner the bankers. Then they yeah. try to come home to us, and they even try to, 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 to basically gorilla and bogard our creation, the way they, 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 they have taken away the organic movement, the natural food movement, even the, the raw food movement, the so-called mm -hmm. raw movement. I have co-opted it. You know, we have merchants and pirates within our, our ranks, but hey, they're feeling it. They're hurting, you know, for having sell out, you know. But a lot of us from the old school, we're still bearing the torch. It's still bright, and we're going to live long, long and longer to make sure that the new generations are empowered with this knowledge, with this wisdom, and all of that it takes to keep defending and protecting our lives. It is mm -hmm. not the food in your life. Always remember, it is the life in your food that nourishes. So there's no way you're going to obtain robust, you know, great health from eating death. <laughs> living food for living people. <laughs> word, word. Wow. Um, so everyone, everyone who's the same age as I am, listen to your elders. That's how we learn, right? And um, that's how we that's how we that's how we keep the the motivation. That's how we keep the knowledge and wisdom and the culture and the tradition within us and are are less uh, are less prone for manipulation by the system. So um, yeah, yeah. I, actually, we have like two minutes left on this live. Do you have like ten to fifteen minutes more so we do a set, like an overtime a little bit, or do you have to run for to do something? We we could do an overtime, man. I'm, okay, I'm ready. okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we opened we opened the box of Pandora, and all of a sudden we have overtime. So uh, let's just go for ten, fifteen minutes. I have one more question, uh, which I'm really interested in, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this live. I'm gonna restart and reinvite you. Okay. Okay. Well, let let me start on my end and invite okay. you. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. Underscore Latham for all the fans, you know, that can't tune in through you can come to me. So let's do it. Bless all right, up. All right.